So, welcome to Passion 2020. We're ready for this shout. Uh, as you can see, Jeffrey is sort of allowing Adamas in for all of us. You can feel them, you can breathe them. So, once again, here we are in Louisville, Colorado at the Crimson Circle Connection Center, here for each of you everywhere. Thank you for being a part of this Crimson Circle Shout. So, and this is number 11 in the sessions. So with that, let's, I think we're ready for Adamas. So let's take some good deep breaths. Take in the good deep breath of the safe space that you choose. Feel into the heart of you as each breath flows. Breathe with it. Flow with it. It's a good deep breath of life. Breathe. The I am here. I exist. Take that good deep breath. It's about breathing in the consciousness and awareness. Adamas tells us that will change it all. Take the good deep breath of allowing. Breathe and feel for you. Be with the good deep breath. Breathing in Adamas, he's here with every breath for each of us. Take that good deep breath of life. I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Let's take a good deep breath and welcome everyone to this beautiful gathering. Here we are, right in the midsummer, or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, the midwinter of 2020, right smack in the middle of everything, exactly where you should be, exactly even right now even in, with a lot of anxiety, that's probably exactly where you should be because there is so much going on right now. Let's take that good deep breath together and I welcome each and every one of you here. And now, I've been told that there's not an audience here today, but I stand here on stage at the Crimson Circle Connection Center and there's thousands of you here, thousands, uh, if we could get a shot here of the, everybody in the audience. Good to see so many of you. We have thousands of you tuning in right now from all over the world. You're here. We have Sartre in his usual place. Doxy is here. Oh, all the ones who have been here. FM is here, of course, messing with uh, electronics like usual. Just, just to let everybody know he's here. Thousands of you and, and thousands who come at another time, at another time to be here. So. This room is not empty at all. It's filled with the energies of Chambra, some ascended masters, and of course, me. Me, uh, and you did notice that Calderon, men uh, Linda mentioned it, the, the new stage. Uh, yeah, they made it bigger, um, not because I needed more room, but I deserve more room. A bigger stage to walk around on, to pace, to drive the uh, dear camera operators crazy. Uh, they had me confined before, and it was so limiting. But here we are, at the summer 
or winter, depending where you live, of realization. I'm, I'm going way out of my way right now to try to be socially and politically correct, but not spiritually correct. Before we go any further, let's stop for a moment. There's so many things happening right now. And you know, I said a long time ago, I'd like to be remembered for two things in particular. One is allowing. Allowing. I know I hammer it home all the time. I know just let go and allow. I know some of you are sick of allowing and uh, you want something new, but allowing is such an integral and important part of coming to realization. You don't get there through work and effort. You get there through allowing what is a very natural thing to occur. Allowing. Allowing is the, you'd say, the fast track to realization. The second thing is, and I haven't really talked about it a lot lately, but the and. The and. And we're going to be getting more and more into the and. We had to kind of focus on the allowing, but the and, the multidimensional being, timeless, spaceless, with the ability to be in a multitude of experiences and insights all at the same time. You were never meant to be so focused that you could only have one reality. Never, never meant to be that way. But that's where things kind of ended. Now we're going beyond that into the and. You're not losing your mind. You're not losing your mind. You're opening your soul now to be in the and. Many things happening. I know some of you have been having these weird uh, experiences lately, and you're wondering if you're really grounded, get your feet planted on the planet. You wonder why, why you can't remember things, why everything seems so out of sorts. It's because you're truly going into the and now, and that's exactly where you should be. Let's begin with a kind of an experience, a little bit of a story, and we're going to come back to it at the end, but it's going to be part of what we do in this entire session. After a sip of coffee, of course. Ah. The master sat on the park bench. The master was aware of everything going on around him or her. The master wasn't oblivious to it, and it wasn't like the master didn't care. It was simply that the master understood that all things are as they should be. All is well in all of creation. So the master sat on the park bench observing all the commotion and all the chaos, and wasn't trying to change it, was aware, but wasn't efforting to change it. Because the Master had learned a long time ago that that's out of compassion. That's truly out of compassion, and it's also inflicting or trying to inflict your energy onto another. The Master sat there simply illuminating his or her light. That light, that illumination, was particularly meant for the human. Here was the human going through so much uh, change and turmoil within themselves, all at the same time while the planet was going through change and turmoil. The human was wondering if they'd ever make it. The human was filled with doubts and anger at times. The Master didn't try to change the human, but simply illuminated his or her light to the human. 
The master was beyond time and space. So there was no past, there was no future, it was all in the now. But the human still being in what you would call the now, or even in the past in a way, because humans often operate in the past, the human suddenly perceived a light and felt it was coming from the future, even though it was truly just the master in the now. And in that light, the human knew what the future would bring. And that light, for that brief moment of time, the human realized that in the future, that human was realized. That human was integrated with the Master and the I Am. And the human really had nothing to worry about, nothing to fear, nothing to be anxious about. And the human went back to pure allowing, knowing that in the future, in that light of the Master, that realization occurred. Let's leave the story at that for right now. We'll pick it up later in this shout. And, and indeed, as Linda mentioned before, we're going to be having 12 shouts in this series, taking us through the end of summer or winter, if you're on the other upside-down part of the planet. Let's start with where we are right now, summer slash winter of realization. If you don't mind, I'm just going to call it the summer. The summer of realization. I've talked about it for a little while now, said that by the end of this summer, I fully expect that there will be at least a thousand Shambra who have allowed their realization. How are you going to know? You might ask. We're going to put out a list, publish a list, maybe in the Chambre magazine that Calder was talking about before, right at the back after all the list of the people around the world who are working, and now we'll have a list of the uh, realized masters. I doubt it. I I doubt they would really actually want their names on it, because it is such a personal and a private thing that takes place. As I mentioned at one of our other recent gatherings, it's really, there's a general period where you come to the realization you really don't even want to talk about it. You don't even want to go outside of yourself with it for six, maybe maybe even 12 months of time. It is so deeply personal. And I don't want to say it's so fragile, but it's so precious and pure. You don't want it tarnished with uh, anyone's thoughts, opinions, ideas about it. Plus, it's simply a time for you to bathe in it, to revel in it, to be in it. You've been working towards this for so many lifetimes. And then in the latter part of this lifetime, you've been allowing into it. Now, most of you are going to feel that there's no need to go out and beat the drum or beat your chest or anything else about it. Some of you might. Some of you might. And there's no right or wrong about it. It's simply how you're wanting to do it. But the vast majority are going to really want time with themselves. It's going to be perhaps one of the most poignant times in all their lives on this planet, in that precious six to twelve month time frame. They're not going to necessarily even write to Crimson Circle about it. Well, and, and they certainly know that Crimson Circle isn't going to validate it one way or the other. It's all up to the individual. 
They're not necessarily going to be pasting all over social media. They're not going to necessarily be writing books about it because it is so deeply personal. And there's also a knowingness that every person is going to have to do it their own way. You, there's no teacher at uh, this end of the road part, at this finale of your coming to realization. I'm not your teacher. I'm a mirror. I'm a great big mirror for each and every one of you. There's not a word that I'm teaching or saying that, that is actually teaching you. I am simply reflecting you. And that's why we could do a child like this, and there can be five, ten, twenty thousand people listening to it, and they're all going to hear it differently. Because they're hearing themselves in the shout. They're aware that there uh, is more to it, but they feel it's so personal. It's not me. It's because of you hearing your own self, sensing your own self in here. So, my dear friends, here we are in this summer of realization. How are we going to know at the end of summer? Calder is asking me this question at least 20 times a day. And I keep giving him the same answer. Isn't it crazy? He keeps thinking the answer is going to change. I might just make something up to appease him so he stops the, the constant asking about how are we going to know? How are we going to know? You feel into it. You just feel into it. You'll know when it's right and ready to know. And that's it. That's it. But here we are in this time of realization. We're in the midsummer. Or the midwinter, but the midsummer of coming to realization. Uh, it's not like a big clock is ticking. It's more like something is unfolding and unraveling and opening up. And all in the midst of this crazy coronavirus, there's no coincidence that all this is happening at the same time. No coincidence, whatever, that the planet is going through some of the biggest change. No, take that back. The biggest change that the planet has ever gone through in such a short, condensed period of time. Not only do you have the coronavirus, uh, which is really acting to move things on the planet. And, and I know anytime there's change, anytime there's a big shift, it causes a lot of commotion and chaos and anxiety and fear, but it's there doing its job all at this perfect time on the planet, and all within the context of the time of machines, a time when technology changes the very nature of the human species, the human mind, and everything else human. And it's all happening right now. And you chose to be here. I've said many times before, you could have come to realization in your last lifetime, or 20 years ago, or whatever, but you chose to be here. Feel into the beauty and the uh, wisdom of that, that light that came from the Master sitting on the park bench, which could have been from uh, the past lifetime, could have been in the 1700s, could be in the year 2060. It doesn't matter because the Master is timeless, but that light illuminating out, not just to the planet, but more than anything to the human that was on the planet. And the human gets that wake-up call. And that human gets that knowingness that this is it. And the human then allows their realization. 
The planet is going through this incredible time. And I've been asked by Shambhara, Adamas, aren't you worried about it? No, that would be about the last thing. I'm excited about it. And then they say, Adamas, isn't it terrible? All these people are dying. People die every day. And I don't mean to sound cold about it, but death is a natural transition. Stop being afraid of it. Stop, stop thinking of it as some uh, some awful, terrible, devilish thing. It's a, it's a natural transition. And the ones who are transitioning right now are choosing at some level, maybe not their limited consciousness human self, but at some level are saying, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to come back after the change is done. Isn't there a certain wisdom in that? Isn't there a certain wisdom in saying, you know, things are really crazy on the planet right now, and I was kind of having a hard time anyway. Why don't I just come back when things settle down a bit, after this uh, whole change that's taking place takes place? Not a bad idea. Uh, it's like saying you're gonna you're gonna wait until things are have settled down a little bit, and then you'll come back. Nothing wrong with that. So here we are at this planet right now, ground zero time. Not only that, but here in the United States of America, it's the Independence Day, Fourth of July, freedom. I, I was intimately involved in helping to architect the, the Constitution of the United States. Uh, I've been over here, was over here in my last lifetime, uh, it, five times to help with the Founding Fathers. So to me it's also a special day, uh, independence, because of all things that I have a passion for, it's freedom. Freedom. And ultimately freedom from the shackles of the human condition. Uh, freedom back into the state of grace and the state of flow. This coronavirus, uh, which is sweeping across the planet, and we've talked about it before, it's not going to go away right away. They're going to keep um, saying that uh, they're they're right on the eve of solving the issue, and uh, they have they have it well under control and everything else. They don't, not at all. Uh, no need for you to fear it, but they don't have it under control. And it's going to continue to mutate. It's going to continue to develop more little. Um, Pricklies that come out of it, attachment devices, to make sure that it doesn't go away right away. And it's going to continue to mutate in a lot of different ways. But look at it as a response to consciousness, not not as some evil virus thing, but a response to consciousness. And then at some point, it'll just disappear. It'll baffle the medical community. They have all sorts of excuses uh, for it, but it'll baffle them. Oh, and the uh, conspiratorial people. Oof! This will be fodder uh, that that goes on for decades about uh, you know what caused it in the first place, and whether it was a sinister government or alien forces that inflicted it on humankind. And they're gonna they're gonna go on and on about it. No, it's it's as simple as a virus of consciousness. And it impacts, ultimately, the biggest impact is the economy. And then there's variations of that. It hits the economy. But when the economy is hit, what happens? A lot of people 
A lot of people have it really tight. Uh, they're living uh, in a very marginal way anyway. They're, they're in that uh, just barely enough state of existence uh, and mentality. And now, when there's even less than before, what, what happens? Civil unrest. Civil unrest. And suddenly people become very uh, angry and intolerant. Suddenly tempers flare. Suddenly everything is, is tinder for one small little spark to start anything going. You're seeing in the United States right now the civil unrest, the, uh, the, the, the voice of the minorities uh, coming out right now. And a lot of it's being play, play, blamed on police brutality, but the real issue is economics. The real issue, if there was economic balance, uh, opportunity and, and access for everyone, there wouldn't be all this civil unrest. And look what's happening uh, in Hong Kong right now. It's about being free and being democratic, but it's also about the ability to, to, uh, to be as abundant as one chooses to be. And that civil right, that soul right, is being denied out of uh, the ones in Hong Kong. This isn't the end of civil unrest that comes out in a lot of different ways across the planet. It's really just the beginning. It's going to come out in many different ways. Some of you get anxiety with that. Take a deep breath. This isn't yours. No, this isn't yours. You have other things to do on this planet. So what we see right now is a planet in turmoil, a planet in, in a time of great, great change. The greatest change uh, ever. And I, I don't say that uh, loosely, or I don't say it uh, to make a great big statement. It's literally what's happening on the planet. From my perspective, it's very interesting to observe. There's things that uh, obviously they don't talk about in the, in the news, but what I've seen also is that the sleep patterns are like never before. I've looked at it, and I, I don't uh, like historically, energetically, and it's been at least three or 4,000 years since there has been so much sleeping on the planet. It's, it's remarkable. Now, it's probably due to the fact that a lot of people were staying home. And suddenly, they're getting very sleepy. They're getting very tired. So napping is a new uh, global pastime. Napping. People are sleeping longer hours, yes, because they don't have to set their alarm and get up in the morning to go to a job. Or if they are doing a job, they're doing it from home. They don't have to commute and get dressed and everything. There's some real ugly things happening right when somebody uh, gets on their first uh, video meeting of the morning because some of them don't have clothes on. A lot of them haven't taken showers. They haven't brushed their teeth or combed their hair or anything. That's okay. It's uh, a little bit more relaxed. But if you could see it like I see it, it's like, oof, wow. That maybe later in the day, by 3, 4 o'clock, they might take a shower or they might just go take a nap and try to take a shower the next day. There's an incredible amount of sleeping on the planet, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing, sleeping, because you repair the body, and you get back to a little bit more of a, of a normal uh, mindset. It, it helps the mind. 
a lot of sleeping going on, and I know a lot of you have been doing a lot of sleeping, and then you wonder, is something wrong with me? Not at all. It's time to sleep. And then dreams. So, you know, if you were to look at dreams as a whole for humans, uh, they, humans will, everybody's always dreaming, but I'm talking about the intensity and the, the pace of dreams that's occurring. It is like a, a dream factory out there, everybody dreaming and dreaming, dreaming things they've never dreamed about, remembering more dreams. If you would have surveyed humans, let's say, two years ago and said, uh, do you remember your dreams at night, like every night? Uh, the, the vast majority doesn't. Uh, they may remember – this was a couple of years ago – they may remember or recall that they were dreaming uh, maybe once every – once or twice every two weeks uh, is pretty typical that they remember that they were dreaming, not even what the dream was. There's a lot of dreams going on now, and people are waking up in the middle of the night. They're waking up from their naps with dreams. They're remembering dreams like never before. It's This world is a dreamland right now, and you know it too because you're going through it. Some of the dreams are frustrating. Some of the dreams are, are just almost meaningless, and you know now you're having those dreams that just go on and on and on and on. Seems like hours and hours and hours of dreaming, and sometimes you get up in the middle of the night, coming out of that dream, and what happens? You go back to sleep later on, you pick up the dream. What's happening with that? When you come to a time of change for you, Shambra, the dreams are simply a way that the dragon is helping to release some of the old, deep wounds and guilts within. The dreams aren't meant to review and to process and to analyze and to go to a counselor and talk about. It's simply, oh, this is being dragged up, something that was being held within me, and it's being dragged up to release. That's what that's about. The dreams are old stories, old nightmares, old guilts. You don't always remember them exactly as they took place, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter that you're having these series of crazy, crazy dreams going on. All that's important is to know that these are things that are being released, let go of, so you can go into your realization. I think it's very, very intense with the, with the dream state right before realization. It's better, in a way, to do it there than consciously through the mind when you're awake. You let all this garbage go at night. I know some of you are exhausted from your dreams and you're mentally challenged, perplexed from your dreams. Just stop and take a deep breath. It's all about just this stuff is moving out, returning back to your energy in a very pure and clean way. Humans in general right now, a lot of dreams taking place. What's happening on the planet is that there is a large group of people, the majority of humans, are simply longing to return to the, what they just came from, longing to return back to their life. So many of them are just waiting for the pubs and the bars and the restaurants and the stores to open, longing to be able to burn their face masks, never to have to wear one again, longing to 
um, be free to, to travel anywhere they want, to get on an airplane. God knows why anybody would want to do that. But to get on an airplane, they just want to go back to the times that we had six months ago. That's interesting because that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I mean, yeah, some things. I mean, yeah, restaurants will reopen, but from a consciousness point, it's not going to happen. You can never return back to where we came from. Some of the some of the old things, some of the things that you enjoyed doing, like going bowling. The bowling alleys will be open. God knows why anybody wants to bowl, but uh, those things. But there's going to be something different in the air, in consciousness, when we come through all this. Most people on the planet right now are just waiting to get through this, and now they're getting frustrated. They 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 had thought it would end, you know, in April or May. And they thought it was going to end no later than, well, this time, uh, early part, mid part of summer. Now they're being told it could be a long time, could be six months, eight months or more before they're really let out of the house again. So they're getting frustrated and they keep longing and waiting to go back. And in that frustration, they're forced to look at their lives, what they're doing where they're at. And that's when the unrest starts, because they're saying that it's an it's a imbalance of their civil rights, but it's really – I can't stress this enough – it's an imbalance of their economic rights that show up, because they don't, they don't know how to articulate it. They, 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 don't know, they don't understand it, so it turns to be something for uh, – uh, the civil rights or against brutality, which, which of course is not correct. But if they really took a look at it, it's the economic rights, it's the econ- economic equality, and that will change. It absolutely will change. So there's this vast majority that just wants to get back to their old routines. There is a small number of humans on the planet, I'd say about six and a half percent, that understand that right now the planet is at this precipice of change. It's a time of uh, incredible opportunity for change. To this six and a half percent, they're not afraid of what's happening right now. They understand it on a higher consciousness level that there is this potential for a real spurt of growth. And the growth can come anywhere from massive uh, new technologies being developed and a massive new understanding of the human body like never before, uh, really what DNA is and what RNA is and uh, what all the functionings of the body. And somebody's even going to trip across this whole thing that I call the aniatron. I'm not going to call it that. They're going to call it something else. But that the body has an internal, invisible communication system or network in it. And once you tap into that, you can tap into any part of the human biology. What comes as a result of the research that's going on right now is unprecedented. And this 6.5% of pretty conscious beings really understands that. They're beginning to reimagine the world. Now, it's not a big group effort, it's not organized, at least on a human level, but they're reimagining the world right now, what it can be, 
where things are going to go to. They're they're not out at the political rallies and demonstrating in the streets or, you know, uh, deciding if they're going to go with one party or the other. They're kind of beyond that. They're more conscious. And by the way, no, it's not necessarily you, Shambro. You fall into your own category. They're reimagining the world, and I want to take a minute here with you. Let's look at the reimagining of the planet right now. So I'm going to ask uh, dear Linda to come up to the front. Uh, we prepared my favorite uh, writing tool, the, the, the basic, simple writing board for Linda. So let's take a moment and what are they reimagining? Where does the planet go? It's not necessarily what you're reimagining, but I want you to really feel into what's happening on the planet right now. Um, I'll throw out the first one, and then I'm going to ask for your input. Somebody asks, well, how do I ask for your input? It's like, I ask for your input. And then you kind of like, like project it out, and I hear it, and Linda writes it on the board. It's that simple. Remember, we're in the and. We're in the and. And some of you are saying, oh, well, you know, we're not there. How are you going to know? We're here, and I know. I'll pick the good ones. Okay. I'm going to start out with the uh, first one, Linda, on the board. If you would write across the top, reimagining. Reimagining. A lot of. When, when you have a moment uh, outside of what we're doing right now, reimagine. Feel into what, what this whole group, this 6.5%, is doing. Reimagining. Okay, good. First one on the board. The environment. There are a lot who are reimagining the environment. Just don't, don't, just let me finish this and I'll call on you. Let's, let's, they're reimagining the environment right now of what it could be. A lot of them are really, uh, they, they feel very strongly about the global. What, I don't know what you call it these days, global warming, global change, or whatever. But they're reimagining how humans relate to the environment. This is a huge step, because up to now, for the most part, humans uh, had to work through or fight the environment, the elements. They had to survive within them. But now, as Gaia leaves, humans take responsibility for the planet. They're reimagining the relationship with the planet how it serves them, and how they can be responsible for it. Okay, uh, the, the one that had just uh, called out. Now, when I say call out, just project your energy, your consciousness, your, I don't know, some of you would call it your psychic voice, but you got to freaking project it. Uh, you know, if you sit there holding it in, which all of, not all of you, a lot of you do, uh, you hold it in and you, know, you get mental about it. No, you just project it out. That's what a master does. You're not inflicting it. It's like the master radiating the light. The master is not saying, "Here, here's the light, and you better eat it, or else." No, just here. Take a deep breath and project your consciousness. That's it. I'll hear it. All right. Uh, what was it? Space travel. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, reimagining yourself in the universe. Uh, I'll change it a little bit. One at a time. All of you are now yelling out right now, practicing just. Hang on, I'll get to you. Space travel. Uh, it's true. And what's really at the core of space travel is understanding the relationship of Earth in the physical universe and what's really out there. What's the big next big thing in space travel? This is where it gets exciting. It's not just going to Mars. That's so long and slow, and Mars is 
not exactly a luxury spa. I mean, you know, go there and see for yourself. But what comes as a result of the uh, reimagining space travel is the coming to a new understanding, maybe even in your lifetime, that you don't have to get in a little metal rocket with some fuel in and propel yourself off to another planet. There will be new ways to go through multidimensional corridors. It'll be theory at first, uh, pretty strong theory, and then somebody's going to start doing it with uh, first with little uh, particles uh, and then monkeys. Star Trek. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So they're reimagining Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a whole new Star Trek series for Linda. <laughs> Next, reimagining the family. That's a good one. The family. The family. Reimagining the family. The family uh, nucleus, the way the family is uh, designed, has been around for a long time. Well, it's time to reimagine it. And it doesn't have to be uh, the old way with, uh, you know, where you, you find somebody, you get married, you have kids, and, and um, you die. Reimagining the family. What is a family right now on the planet? Well, who is family? I mean, there's blood family, but there's a lot of other families that are developing, and the family. What you have? What do you have on the planet? I got to refer to Calder here. Uh, you have blended families and mixed families and dysfunctional families and every other kind of family on the planet. That's changing. And there's a lot who want to go back to the traditional family. They say that's the whole problem with Earth, the planet, is because we're moving away from the traditional family. Yeah, get used to it because it's going to continue. What about when there's no longer? Um, uh, you know, regular birth mother and birth father, where uh, you know you basically go to the laboratory and, and you, you buy your the right concoction and you have your own kid and you even design the kid what you, what you want. You don't need a partner and you don't need all the other trappings of it. Or where the family is half half of them are robotic and half of them are human, or bits and parts of each. You know, you have that in the same. That's a blended family. Uh, you know, where some are robots and some are flesh and bones. So yes, the family is something that's being reimagining. What else? Okay, biology uh, in general. Biology in general, uh, absolutely true. That's probably one of the most um, apparent things that's going to happen: is the the biology changing. With everything right now being discovered about the body as a result of all the infusion of money and effort into the coronavirus, they're going to find many, many other things. They're going to really start understanding the biology. And once you start combining that with technology, you have a whole, well, we talked about it in Pronost, you have a whole new species of humans. And that is happening right now, right now. And combine that with family. Uh, you've got a whole different dynamic on the planet. What else? Economy? Yes, we talked about that. Would you write that, Linda? Economy. We talked about that recently in the uh, Pronos 2020 update. Uh, what, what is an economy and how it's changing? And I'll give you a little heads up on it. But uh, basically, uh, economy, by the way, uh, the, the Latin origins of the word economy means house management of the house. So the economy of the world is changing. It's shifting away from being controlled by banks and governments, which wasn't all bad, but uh, it's time to move beyond that. And to get into things like, uh, as I mentioned, cryptocurrencies. And 
to understand that there's going to be a, a, a global kind of a effort to democratize economy. And it's not going to be as a result of government, as it's going to be the result of really corporations doing it. And uh, the government kicking and screaming at first, but it's happening. So uh, what else? Uh, diets, that's a good one. Oh, I heard the sex. So let's do diets first, and then we'll get to sex. So diets are definitely changing the way people eat. And uh, yes, it's moving towards a lot of, um, you know, there's a movement right now to natural foods and that, but pretty soon it's going to move to, uh, what is I'm going to say, uh, designer foods. What's a designer food? Well, it's something where your entire uh, body and biology is evaluated uh, with technology, and then the uh, technology outputs something uh, designed specifically for you, not for everybody else, and there's not a fad diet that everybody's doing. There's your diet. And the diet could be very easily, and I, and I kid you not, very easily printed uh, on a 3D printer with the, exactly the right components for you. And then the 3D printer is, and, and your technology is so smart, it understands your likes and dislikes when it comes to taste and food and temperature and texture and everything else. And it, uh, I was going to say it spits out, but that sounds gross. It, it develops, it uh, cooks up something just for you. So you insert um, just a basic, uh, let's say, a, a protein-based substance on one end, uh, and uh, out comes something specifically for you, uh, designed for you. And, and not the old, you know, just steak and potatoes, but something, oh, it's a designer food designed for you. So yes, that's a good one. Sex. Yes. Sex is being reimagined right now, and that's a, that's a, that's a bumpy road. <laughs> um, sex is really at the heart of uh, humanity's guilt and shames. And that's where a lot of the guilt and shame is stored. So if sex is reimagined, you're going to have uh, like a cyber porn, uh, amazing. Yep, cyber porn. You don't know what that is? <laughs> this is where uh, artificial reality, uh, the, the use of artificial reality to simulate sex uh, comes in. And you know it's going to be popular, I, I guess, if you're going to invest in something, even though that's kind of weird. but. That would be a good one because it's going to be so popular. Uh, but people are going beyond in their reimagining. They're uh, reimagining sex is again turning into a very beautiful personal thing between two people that's not filled with uh, so much of the shame and the guilt uh, as sex was before. But there won't be the old typical limitations or inhibitions about sex. Uh, up until recent decades, it, sex was only something uh, between a man and a woman, only supposed to be for a man and a woman, and for the sake of uh, making babies. Uh, that's changing. And after it goes through its some bumps along the way, sex will be reimagined as something beautiful humans can experience with, with each other without guilt. Without guilt, I think that's the biggest reimagining of sex. What else? I heard children. Yeah, um, 
You notice how a lot of these are very similar family biology, sex and children. How would you reimagine your children? I ask those of you who are parents. How would you reimagine? One of the biggest things about reimagining the children we'd have to add uh, that I heard from somebody just now education. You're right, because the two tie in very, very closely. So, if you would, would dear Linda, education. Uh, when you reimagine your children, you have to almost have to reimagine education because education is coming to its last few breaths the way it is right now. It's, it's so archaic. It's so. Ugly, and uh, I've told the story of how my education in my lifetime is Saint Germain, and it wasn't tedious book study and all the rest of that. It was living experience. So, education and and raising children. So technology will basically be the source of education, uh, supervised with a very good teacher, but the teacher is going to be artificial intelligence. Now the teacher will be artificial intelligence, but like. Like food, the AI teacher will know exactly uh, what uh, the learning method is for that for your child. It will understand through eye movements, body temperature, uh, the ability to focus for any length of time, excitement in the uh, in the brain as well as in the biology. What is the best learning method for the child? And it will develop something specifically for that child. Tuned directly to him. Uh, that's also going to take a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that you have on the planet right now, uh, ADD and things like that. That you know, simply beings who don't want to conform to a very old, rigid educational system. AI will be an important part of reimagining education. So raising children will become very, very different in terms of their education and in terms of their ability to. Be in experience rather than in class or in lesson, and that's going to be a big, big change. And there's a lot of very powerful forces that don't want that to happen: uh, unions and uh, governments and things like that, and churches uh, that don't want that to happen. But that's that's what's being reimagined right now. Uh, we'll take just a a, a couple of more uh, that uh, from the audience uh, things. That are being reimagined on the planet. Government, that's a good one. Government. The, in the midst of all this coronavirus, people are really getting sick and tired of governments. Well, I mean, they always have been, but they're really understanding that the government isn't really doing much for them. That's why I said in our recent Pronest update it's corporations that are actually going to be making the real changes on the planet. But governments they're going to they're going to they're going to change how uh, the the process of governing others i i really don't even want to predict or project where that's going but I, I guess the biggest way of saying in the elections over the next uh, 10 years in particular starting now but going 10 years they're going to throw all the old rascals out and it's going to be bumpy at first because you're going to have new ones going into government, very inexperienced, uh, but in a way that's really a good thing because they're going to be more open to the real purpose of a government. A government shouldn't 
run things for the people, it should support people. It's like, uh, it's like even in a good corporation, the bosses aren't there to boss over people, to tell them what to do. They're there to support the people. So we're going to see a reversal or a big change uh, in governments in particular on the planet. What else? Okay, last one. Uh, civil rights, because it is an issue. Civil rights. So you've got uh, the major races of the planet, and in a, in a way, up until recent decades, they kind of lived in their own areas. With the advent of modern travel, people started to become more mobile, move around, intermixing with each other, and intermarrying, and, and everything else. So the whole issue of race uh, and, uh, and opportunity and economy and government kind of all go hand in hand. So what's going to happen with that? There's a couple things that I see uh, that coming up. Um, one is that there's going to be a lot of unrest because of the racial inequalities, particularly in, in, the, uh, in the Western worlds and, and eventually everywhere. Eventually, the how to say this, uh, I'm trying to be somewhat politically correct, but eventually everyone needs to understand they're not a victim to their color, to their sex or sexual orientation or anything else, or to their economy. They're not victims. Eventually, as we come full cycle through this, with the increased consciousness on the planet, more and more people will start to understand that they're not victims, that, that, that it's important to have a voice right now, to make sure that uh, that voice is heard, that things need to change. But ultimately, it comes back to the individual. And by having open and equal access, we'll, which will start occurring more and more because the governments are going to be changing and the corporations that really dominate the economies of the world are going to insist on it, everybody now will have more of an equal opportunity. Now it's up to them what to do with it. Ultimately, Everybody needs to take responsibility for their choices, their decisions, and their energy. So, thank you, dear Linda. Your handwriting is exquisite. Till the end. Your clothing today is so beautiful, your wardrobe. <laughs> thank you. So the planet is being reimagined right now. Feel into that for a moment. There's about the 6.5% of the world population that's stepping back a little bit. They know something is happening. They're not getting together in uh, group meetings or anything. They don't even know each other necessarily. But there's enough of them on the planet that are reimagining this planet. What can be in the future? They're not going to go back after this coronavirus thing is, uh, goes away. They're not going to go back to the old ways. Right now is the opportunity time. So let's take a good deep breath with that. That brings us to you, to Chambra, to what you're going through right now. That brings us to this time of realization. So here you are as the human in the midst of all of this, and I know you're getting a lot of anxiety. You're getting a lot of anxiety, and that's probably a, it's probably a good thing, or at least it tells you you're probably right where you're supposed to be. But the anxiety is, where am I supposed to be? 
The anxiety is, when does this realization occur? The anxiety is, is many of you thinking, I'm supposed to be out there fighting for a cause. The anxiety is the world is falling apart and I don't know what to do about it. That's when you stop and take a deep breath and realize, no, it's actually all imperfection. And even where you are, what you're doing. Master sat on the park bench and simply illuminated her light. That light went out to the world. That light was without agenda. The light wasn't trying to reimagine anything. No agenda, no, no cause, no direction or anything else. Simply a light of illumination. There would be others who could feel into that light, and then they could begin their reimagining of the planet. There, there would be others that would take on the task of changing economies, changing biologies, and changing even space travel, changing technologies. Others would do that because they were beginning to reimagine. They, like the Master's human, had come to this planet at this time to be part of this whole process. They, this six and a half percent who was reimagining the planet, they weren't going to be doing their realization or anything like that, not at least in this lifetime, maybe later, but they they were the new energy movers and the new holders. It used to be that the energy movers uh, on the planet did a lot of fighting and battling, but the new ones now, the reimaginers, they, they realize they don't have to do that. As others who are going to take to the streets and demonstrations and getting the, the media and publicity and everything else, but the six and a half percent reimaginers, they're here to do that, to reimagine and then to start a process, whether it's starting a company, doing an invention, uh, pursuing uh, studies into specific areas where they've been reimagining. But they came here to this planet at this time to do that, the reimaginers. They're really a huge driving force in what's happening on the planet right now. They don't even necessarily know that they're doing it. They just know that they have a vision of the future of the planet. They know where the planet can go. They have the degree of consciousness to help make it happen. But then there's the ones, you, Shambro, that are here right now simply to shine the light, because without the light, the reimaginers may not be able to do what they came here for. The Master sat on the park bench and simply radiated his or her light onto the, onto the world. The Master illuminated that light onto the human who is here, you, the human aspect, in this ground zero point of everything on the planet. Illuminating that light onto you so you could know that you, the human, really are already realized. So you're no longer doubting it or searching for it. As we said, or as I said at the beginning when we started, that there's that glimpse that you got of the Master's light that made you realize that you are realized, that you're here. The Master's light is timeless, but the human perceives it from being from the future. 
human perceives that there is a future self that is realized, that has allowed this to finally happen, but in reality it's just in the now. But it doesn't matter because the thing is the human perceived it, the human felt it. The Master sat on the bench, this timeless bench, with a big smile on his or her face, a great big smile, enjoying what it was like to be a human, not stressing over all the changes that were taking place, knowing that there were the realizers on the planet who were really changing everything, and knowing that its human self was coming into realization, not by force, not by study, but by allowing. In a way, the human didn't quite see it that way. The human saw it as, I have nothing left. I have nothing left. I have no tricks in the bag. I got no little handy cliches to pull out anymore. I got nothing left. It's realize or die at this point. There's days when the human thought death would be easier than continuing to go through this, but that's when. That's when the human felt this light from the future, saw themselves clearly, not as something outside of them, but as them, saw themselves in the future as a realized being. They were shocked at how it wasn't like what they thought it was going to be, shocked at how they were already so much like this, but they just hadn't fully embraced it yet. They were shocked at how easy it was, in spite of how hard and difficult they had made it. So the human got this glimpse at that moment when they thought, realize or die. They got this glimpse of their future self, which is really themselves right now. Let's take a deep breath and let's do that right now. Not just a Marab, Shambra. Let's do it. You're the master and you're sitting on the park bench. There's no fear, there's no agenda. You're not trying to change the world because you recognize the world is what it is and all of its beauty. You recognize that it is going through a tremendous change, but a change that well, back when, lifetimes ago, when you were a reimaginer, would imagine it changing into this. So the master just sat there enjoying the beauty of life. And you know, when it's like that, you're, you're as the master, you're just sitting there, you're enjoying whatever you're drinking, whatever you're eating, whatever the weather is. You don't have to work at radiating your light. It's, it's lit. It's there. In a way, you could say it's like pulling a bunch of dimensions together, bringing them together in the same sacred moment, and then whew, light goes out, light goes forth. The light goes forth. Another way that we've talked about it is, it's like you're the chalice. You're the chalice, the, the cup, and now 
your divine just streams in and fills that chalice. And then the chalice overflows. And that overflowing is like orgasmic. And you keep overflowing, and the joy of the divine filling the chalice brings more joy and brings more overflowing. So the master sits there on the park bench without agenda, not trying, not even trying to shake the human and saying, Come on, the final step. Master is just enjoying and radiating. The master realizes its radiance reaches out to every corner of every reality. It reaches out to the reimaginers on the planet. It reaches out even to the those who are just wanting to go back to the way things were. It reaches out to even the new ones who will be coming to this planet. It reaches out to the new Earths. It reaches out everywhere. It reaches out into every past life that the Master has ever had. And even those lifetimes are being transformed. Yes, it's not just this lifetime, dear human, that is going into realization. It's all of your lifetimes. All the stories are changing. So the Master is there, and it's you. It's you in the state of wisdom, in the state of grace. And here you are, the human. I know a lot of anxiety right now. In a way, it's in a way, it's kind of fun, I guess, because you've got so much happening on the planet and. That's exactly the reason you came here. But all that anxiety, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And suddenly it's like you from the future walks in. You from the future suddenly here. You could say it starts in a dream during one of your naps or your long, long sleeping sessions, that's where you let it in first. But then it starts to come to your awareness, even in your waking state, that it's here. Me in the future, the now here, with me in the now. That's the realized Self. That's the culmination of all the human experiences and all the journeys, and it's here. There's nothing you need to do. You don't need to throw a rope around it and keep it from going back to the future. You don't need to bow to it. No, 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 no. You don't need to bow to it. You just take a deep breath. I am here. It's really not from the future either. I mean, you could say it is, but it's no, it's it's the master in the now. That's you finally accepting that it's here. Taking a deep breath. That realized self from the future, it kind of communicates to you that it's here to stay. Not one of these fleeting moments of cosmic consciousness, it's here to stay. It's you. 
Uh, you from the future uh, knows, just like the human of the now or the past, that knows that all this is by choice. There's no accidents, no mistakes. It wasn't because you were a really nice human or really bad human or anything. It's here simply by choice. And this is it. This is it. That realized being from the future knows that there's a lot to do right now, but in a way, nothing to do. I mean, a lot to do in terms of being in realization. And I mean, but that's not a lot of work, but a lot to do simply by being here at the planet. And the realized self from the future says, Hey, human in the now, feel into the master for a moment. It's us, it's me in the future, it's you in the now, it's all of our past lives in the past. But feel into that master right now. A master is just sitting there on the park bench in a timeless space, or timeless and spaceless space. A master just sitting there enjoying life. The master is right here with us. We are the master. We're sitting on the park bench. We're coming to realization. We are the future realized. We're here on the planet on a time of the greatest change, and we're here on the planet just to enjoy. And that future self says, This isn't a dream. This is not just a dream. You may think you're dreaming it, but it's not just a dream, it's real. Wake up from what was the dream. Wake up now. Hey, you, wake up from what was the dream that you were trapped in the human form, that you were limited in a single reality. Wake up from the dream that you're pursuing realization, but it was like a carrot in front of a horse. Who's dreaming now? Who is dreaming now? His future self says, I'm not dreaming. Future self says, I'm realized I do not dream anymore. I am that I am. I'm free of my dreams. I'm free of old memories that are stored deep into the night. You're the dream. I'm real. And then you never go back. You never go back to that anxiety, that wondering when, that feeling that you have to kind of hold that future self at bay, keep them here in the now, that if you mess up, uh, go away. You never have to. You wake, you wake up from the dream. Now you're the master sitting on the park bench. Realization no longer means a thing. Hear that. 
You're the master on the park bench. You've allowed energy to serve you knowing it's yours. You come to compassion through allowing and suddenly realization doesn't mean anything. Maybe a distant echo from the past, from the human who was trying to achieve it, but now it's nothing. Once realized, you realize there's no realization. <laughs> kind of a funny way to put it, but it was a it was a human thing. They had to put a name to it, a label to it, but now it's simply a fleeting memory of a time from before, a time of limitation and lack. Now you're just a master in a physical body that's serving you in a world that you're enjoying and everything flows. You're awake now, out of the human dream and into the real. Let's take a deep breath with that, dear Shambra. This isn't just a Marab or a master's story. This is waking up from a dream. Let's just sit here for a few minutes together. is being reimagined right now at many different levels. We wrote a few things on the board, but there's far, far, far more things how the reimaginers are reimagining. How the six and a half percent have a degree of consciousness are looking at the new world. And then there are a very, very small number of, of those who are simply the masters of energy, of their energy. Let's take a deep breath. Coming out of the dream. Right at this most precious moment. Let's take a deep breath together as we bring this shout to a close. But before we do, I ask you simply now feel into your passion. The passion of the Master. There's nothing like it. Passion of the Masters who goes so far beyond even those who are reimagining the planet right now. Passion of the Master, so different than the passion of a human. A human's passion tends to be, I don't know, excitable and volatile and fiery and a lot of drama and everything else, but feel into the passion of the Master. 
there's a big difference. Well, I've got to run. <laughs> I want to get back to the Ascended Masters Club, and I want to let them know what's going on. I'm, I'm going to go back with Sart and FM and Doxy and Boone and some of the others. Uh, they've been here enjoying this day. We're going to go back. And instead of me boasting about Chambra, I'm going to let them do the talking for once. <laughs> next 30 days until our next shout are going to be deep. Best way to put it, deep. I didn't say intense, I said deep. I want you to remember that I am with you every step of the way. I want you to remember also that all is well in all of creation. Thank you. So with that, let's just breathe that message in. Just allow it for you, for each of us. The beauty, the potential, just breathe it in. This is just a time to be quiet with yourself and allow this for you. Please remember that Adamus is with us, with every step and every breath. Thank you for being a part of this shout. Thank you.
Across the universe.